0: Hi, I'm Mike Farahur, and welcome to Taste. I spent almost 25 years writing about music and culture for the Irish Voice and irishcentral.com, as well as This Is Your Brain on Shamrocks, my collection of humorous essays about growing up Irish, Catholic, and guilty in the swamps of New Jersey. During that time, I got to sample the best music and food and films our Celtic culture has to offer. And on Taste, I will be interviewing the tastemakers of modern Irish and Irish-American culture on both sides of the Atlantic. This'll be a conversation about the food we grew up with, the exciting transformation of Irish cuisine that is delighting the most discerning culinary palates, and what to expect next in Irish and Irish-American music, theater, and film. And you better be sure, we'll wash it all down with a pint or two. Thanks for tuning in, and hope this intro awakened your taste buds. Let's get started. All right. So welcome back to Taste, another episode of Taste. And we have a great taste maker here in Michael Landra. And Michael is an Emmy-nominated singer and producer who currently hosts the Ireland with Michael Travel Show, which can be seen by, you know, 100 plus million people on the PBS networks here in the USA and Canada. And uh, these are great, great episodes. He takes viewers on the insider's journey throughout Ireland. And then he also goes into all the tourist traps as well. It's a it's a great mixture there and always talking to great artists. And he's the creator of RadioKelt.com. He's toured with Riverdance. He's sung with Dadanen. He's toured with his own shows, uh, including Dance with Desire. And uh, I know that uh, if that wasn't enough, you have a huge 2022 planned uh, with some more PBS shows and extensive tours of Australia and Canada and U.S. with your new show, Celtic Illusion. And I'm just exhausted and you're also doing a a tour. So I guess the first question, well, first of all, we're all out of time because that's the that's the end of the podcast. We only have you. good night. We just went through all your, you know, your accolades. But I guess my first question to you, my friend, is where where do you find the time to sleep? Uh, You know, my dad always said you'd be dead long enough.
1: And, uh, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm not one for sitting around. I was never one for kind of lying on the couch and doing nothing. Uh, I love to be busy and uh, it's my only way of kind of navigating life. Uh, God help me on the day that I have to retire, uh, which isn't that far away. But uh, no, for, for, for now, I like busy.
0: That's great. That's great. And I know that we've talked before we rolled the tape here about our mutual friend, uh, Larry Kerwin. My first question to you, I guess, would be what's in the Wexford water there that's producing the talent uh, that's coming out of Wexford between yourself and Larry? And, and and also, you know, how do you think Wexford and growing up there has formed your artistry and uh, your view of life because you've just been such a champion of Celtic culture? So it must have started in Wexford and how's that influencing you now? Uh,
1: Wexford town is a, it's a, it's a funny town, you know. It's a little separate from 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 a lot of the the rest of Ireland. Uh, we have a huge influence from the outside for a long time because we have the opera festival there. So every year, for three months of the year, all of these cool, fantastic opera singers and create, you know, designers and directors and con- conductors will come from all over the world. So around September, you'd notice. I remember, like coming down from school and going up the main street and seeing all of these foreign people with uh, odd accents and weird clothes and I just thought they were fantastic you know and the one thing about Wexford people because of that is I don't know that it makes us more artistic or more talented or anything I'm you know every town is talented but it makes us look out into the world and want to be explorers you know and adventurers so the earliest memory that i have is seeing all these people and wanting to know who they who they are and who they were and you know what kind of life they had and so i all through school then that's all i thought about is what kind of adventures i would have and that's probably the front and center of why I still do what I do, you know, it is having adventures. Oh,
0: well, it's interesting you should say that because I think, you know, from the Ireland with Michael shows that I've seen, I think you just bring sort of a curiosity to those interviews and curiosity of those places. And I'm sure you probably have been to some of those places many times being in Ireland all those years, but you bring sort of a tourist curiosity to it and, and that really kind of forms some of the... TV shows that I've seen so is that uh, you think that's a result of of how you were raised and being fascinated with people that would uh, blow into Wexford town I think that that, you know obviously uh,
1: you know Ireland has a reputation of being a friendly country I would say it's not just friendliness I would say that we're genuinely nosy you know so (laughs) if, if an American goes to to Ireland and they sit talking to somebody in a pub I think the first Thing that that Irish person will say is, "Who are you now? And where are you from? And oh yes, I read about Pittsburgh. That's the steel industry, isn't it? Tell us about that. So, so what's Pittsburgh like? And I think that's our. Uh, that's who Irish people are. We're genuinely curious and nosy. We want to know what you bring to the table. And I certainly like. I'm essentially an American with a with a Wexford accent. So when I go home. I have that combination of being a tourist, but also being a nosy Irish person. So I always kind of want to know, you know, what's the story behind this? Uh, why do you, you know, make pottery? Or why do you touch roofs, Or, you know, uh, why are you, uh, uh, why did you start learning to play the harp when you were five? There's always a story, and they add to what the what the the town is Americans and Canadians now when they travel across to Ireland they aren't the same as they were 25 years ago they have the internet they know what's going on they know what Ireland brings to the table so because they're more informed they want to know what's behind the story and and that's the reason we that the show is doing so well I think is is that uh, there people are learning more than just oh this is where the Rock of Cashel is you know uh, I yeah. want to know who the people are there at the Rock of Cashel and why that man is working there for 50 years.
0: Yeah, that's really great. That's really great. This is going to be an audio podcast. You're not going to see the video. Speaking of Nosy, there was a gorgeous dog that just showed his oh. nose or her nose right in the in the corner frame. Nosy looking for something <laughs> yeah. to do. And there, is that a Jack Russell? That's yeah, yeah, he's a Jack Russell and a Dachshund. Yeah, a Dachshund, and Jack he Russell. runs the whole house. I have a Chihuahua. I have a Chihuahua Dachshund mix, and it looks very similar to that. So, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Bold, bold, yep. bold just, listeners. Bold. You just have to think. There's, there's some dog kisses going on right now in this in this <laughs> yeah, interview, yeah. like you wouldn't know. So anyway, um, let's go back to the Wexford Opera Opera House because yeah. I know, in addition to being a host and a behind the scenes producer, you definitely know your way around a stage yourself and being in front of the stage. And I would say here and now that uh, uh, you'd have to be a pretty good singer to come ag- up against Michael Londra to sing Danny Boy, because I think you'd do it probably better than anybody. Um, uh, thanks very much. It's awarded world away now. But uh, yeah, when I recorded that, it was about 25 years ago. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, you also did one during lockdown, I saw, on YouTube. Oh, I did, yeah, yeah. I always forgot about that, yeah. It's funny, dude, you, I never... Dude, you I haven't, you dude, the you haven't lost an ounce of it. Come on. I, no, it's good. It's good. I can still sing in tune, yeah. <laughs> there you go. But take me to the time when you actually got for yourself to to play on the Wexford uh, Opera stage yourself. What was that like after after probably looking at, uh, to your point, all those fascinating people coming in and out and you're like, oh my God, this is so great. What was it like for you when you actually played the stage yourself? Well, there there's two really key moments. The
1: first was when I was 11 and I got to be a boy soprano in an opera called uh, Giovanna Darko by Verdi. And I got to meet, start to meet these singers. I remember this incredible African-American tenor called Curtis Ryan and a great uh, tenor called Robert White, a very famous uh, American uh, tenor. I remember the first time they spoke to me and I was just so excited. And to be on the stage with them. And I, I remember everything about the, the, those days, even the smell of the theatre. And that was the old Theatre Royal, which was, you know, 200 years old and falling down. And they replaced it with the National Opera House uh, about 10 years ago. And I got to sing on opening night there. You know, I actually did Bohemian Rhapsody with a, with the National Concert Orchestra. And uh, that was pretty cool. So that was a very, very much a full circle moment that space, that theater is where I learned how to sing. It's, I became obsessed with how shows were built and how operas were built. And uh, certainly that developed my uh, curiosity to being a producer.
0: It was having a turn on that stage that you grew up watching all those years that kind of formed who you are as a producer now. That's really, that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, so wh- uh, more so than being a singer, even. Um, you know, I am I am obsessed with the way uh a project is put together rather than being in the project.
0: I could totally identify and I have not played or or had the grace of stages anywhere near where where you have, but I've been a playwright over the years and uh, I've also produced some TV shows um, in the film festival circuits. And I really love sitting in the back of the room during a film festival or sitting at the very last row. I'm not one of those people that's gonna sit in the front row I wanna sit in the last possible row by the exit row just to watch the entire room's reaction, right? Of, of where do they laugh? Where did they not laugh? Where did they think they were gonna laugh but they didn't laugh? Where do they cheer? Where did they not cheer? And it's just, um, it, it's fascinating to watch uh, your words or your production come to life and how it washes over people. And I always like being in the back of the room when that, that sort of happens.
1: It's funny, when you're on stage, there's an element that where you lose yourself. And uh, I mean, that's the whole point. You, you do lose who you are. But uh, I've always wa- been in kind of an analytical kind of person. So, you know, that's why uh, I develop musicals is watching something that's only on paper and kind of cultivating what's being put on paper by the writers and uh then putting it in a room and and seeing what that live dynamic does to it because it totally transforms what you've read where you and you you know you see a joke on on a page you think oh that's hilarious and then there's like bupkis nothing it's well it's totally flat you're like okay oh
0: i know yeah yeah you know i've had that experience (laughs) yeah oh i know i was like i a throwaway joke got the biggest laugh and then the thing I worked so hard on like was bupkis to your point you know you just never know yeah that's funny <laughs> I guess what had you moved to Iowa and 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 what kind of uh Irish culture is is out there that sustains you if at all hilarious <laughs> uh no my, there, my tongue no was back no in my cheek culture. when I asked that by the way yeah. I, I, I there is no Irish culture
1: Yeah, it does not exist. Uh, However, there is actually maybe one of the best Irish pubs in North America down the road for me, which is lovely. I didn't move to America for anything Irish. I moved to America for America. Uh, When I when I go home and I go home about, you know, six or seven times a year, I'm very lucky. That's my Ireland. The Irish America that I kind of was involved in in New York or in Chicago, to a lesser extent, doesn't exist in Iowa because there's so few Irish people here there is you know there's a it's a this is a kind of a german irish area but it's very once you get to the midwest it's very hard to kind of have that ethnocentricity that we have in in you know the bigger cities or in the tri-state area um certainly look every day somebody you know gets a kick out of hearing me talk and there's that element all right uh but I moved here. My partner's from Iowa, uh, and went to Iowa State and got a job back with the university about ten years ago. And persuaded me to come here. And uh, yeah, and love, I actually love will uh, do that. Yeah, and I I only talk like this in the winter because I just detest the place in January and February. But let me tell you, from March to to you know November, I'm pretty happy here. It's a love. I live in a very cool, funky little college town that leans very much to the left like myself. And, uh, that makes me happy here. Uh, it's, it's full of very cool, uh, interesting people. And I love coming back to it in January and February. It's a nightmare. It's that there's nothing else to say, except it is a nightmare. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, There you go. Well, you've, you, you know, we talked a little bit about your PBS work and I know that between Ireland with Michael, and then you've also had a number of shows that have been on PBS. um, I, I think it's interesting there because I think PBS in a lot of ways is sort of a gateway of Americans to Ireland, right? So I would imagine there's a responsibility on your part to deliver the culture in a certain way that's palatable to them and, and kind of true to, true to the culture so that you're not doing, you know, what I what I've liked about your shows and how you, you do it. It's, it's not that like plastic patty stuff you know what I mean? And 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 truth be told, I've seen plenty of plastic patty stuff on PBS. I ain't going to lie. No, and course. then there's just that that authenticity and that earthiness of what Ireland really is that I, I I'm always a big fan of when I see it on PBS. So how do you you know, how do you kind of put the glasses on to kind of stay on the right side of that not being plastic patty stuff and really trying to bring an earthy authenticity to our culture to a a PBS audience that may not know much about it. You know, these Irish Americans that never have been to Ireland themselves, you're in some cases the gateway, aren't you? I mean, essentially, uh, you know, a lot of these shows that you see on PBS
1: are a lot of, you know, a lot of what is perceived is the gateway drug to what Ireland actually is. So you have to harness it in some way to to pull people in. You, know, there is an element of our history and culture uh, that leans to that romance that uh, is appealing. I, I get it. I totally get it. Uh, it's when it crosses over into shamrocks and shilleleys that you have to draw the line. And you know, so certainly people come to, for example, see me in concert. They, a lot of them. They don't know who I am from Adam. They'll come because they know they're going to hear Danny Boy. But then they're going to hear, you know, 20 songs that are modern Irish songs or songs that I've written that are anything but shamrocks and shillelaghs. Um, so you have to, like, for example, in, um, like we were up in Mayo for the Mayo episode, you know, we stopped at Kong to, to look at the, 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 where the quiet mamas was, was shot. We gave them a little bit of romance but then when we were there, you know, we went and uh, interviewed uh, Bill o. Wood, the trad band, and we got a performance from them in the basement of Belique Castle. So you're inviting people in with, you know, something that they might know or they think they know better. Once they're there, then they're hooked. And that's the way you get people in. And that's the way you kind of educate people. I certainly have a responsibility, not only as an ambassador, but as a, as a person who loves trad music for example uh to give people something that's legitimate you know
0: yeah yeah and to your point i think that's what's made the uh celtic shows you know celtic thunder celtic illusion celtic woman all of those that have that have made their way you know into some of these american audiences what i always loved about it is are you going to hear danny boy you'd be disappointed if you if you didn't but what i really loved was you know so many of these shows have showcased songwriters like Paul Brady and Christy Moore and Mark Knopfler who did the Cal, you know, soundtrack, which is brilliant, Phil Coulter. You know, these are not household names to uh, most Irish Americans, but yet, you know, we would know them as, they're like our Bob Marley. Bob Marley to Jamaica, Bob Marley to Jamaica is like Christy Moore is to Ireland or something, you know? So it's really amazing to watch those songwriters who deserve such a spotlight to have their melodies and words woven into a Broadway-like setting that yeah. hopefully people will go, oh yeah, that Paul Brady, right, that was really cool. Let me go on Spotify and find out who that is. So I think that's what I'm speaking to is, is also in that responsibility as well, is that I, I see that you have an opportunity to expose People to those kinds of musicians and artisans that they normally wouldn't see or hear. Yeah,
1: know? I mean, I would take it one step further in that you know a lot of a lot of the artists you just mentioned are hugely successful artists. I want to take it uh, a step further to, to give um, artists who are up and coming, like who haven't a hope of of getting a tour in the US, who haven't a hope of playing big venues. And given them like they are the backbone and frankly our best asset in ireland are uh, are and the future of what ireland is is young traditional artists who are out there you know three or four nights a week in the village hall learning how to play the flute or the fiddle or the harp or the concertina and they're the ones who are going to be touring shows uh for the next 30 years and they're the ones that i kind of really like i had Seamus and Quivo of Florida from from Connemara there in in our Galway episode like they're the future of traditional music remarkable talent and genuine to the core they stood in their back garden and they sang Shannos. and i'll never forget it it was just magical and that's what i think real ireland is and that's why i think that people who are now more informed than they were 20 years ago will want to go explore it a little further and go and visit you know that's great and we'll be right back Hashed is sponsored by the good folks at Love Letters Profiles. Our personal consultation takes the heaviness and significance out of the dating profile writing process. We'll help you write a funny, flirty, straight-to-the-point dating profile that will attract the attention you want and discourage the attention you don't want. Studies show humor is among the most attractive qualities people look for in a mate, and we believe tickling the funny bone is the first step in establishing chemistry. We make the writing process fun and we won't quit until you're 100 satisfied check us out on lovelettersprofiles.com or at lovelettersprofiles on facebook or
0: instagram and we're back with michael landre so you had mentioned michael that there are artists that you saw as the future of our irish culture uh, who are the ones that we should be looking out for in your mind now that you've seen over the last couple of times you've been in there? I'm sure you you probably get SoundCloud links and listen to this and hear that. So what are the ones that have really kind of knocked you back that you'd bet money that we're not going to hear the last of them kind of thing? Uh,
1: for sure. I just touched on Seamus and Quiva, uh, the O'Florida family. Uh, Seamus might be the most talented traditional musician I've come across in that He's a remarkable uh, Shano singer, step dancer, one of the best I've ever seen, plays the harp, plays the flute. His sister, remarkable singer and fiddle player. that tradition that that it, uh, they had no other choice to be who they were they they're, and certainly they're creating new. they're not afraid to kind of mix it up, you know, mix in some electronic music, but still maintaining that. Uh, traditional feel that's exciting you know there's a brilliant band actually based in in the u.s now dave carley is a guitarist um from carfin uh his band one for the foxes i had them on oh the, yes yeah i've heard uh, of them gorgeous like Great. uh americana in fact they're fiddle players from from colorado uh americana but with trad at its heart um dave sings in a beautiful traditional style even with the kind of americana songs um, so they're brilliant um, who else do I love a uh, beautiful band uh, from from the southwest of Wexford Wexford not a capital of traditional music by any means um, and that's been changed over the past few years there's a lovely band called Tulua, they're 17 years old uh, all of them and they're creating amazing music beautiful arrangements great solid trad um, and I love kind of like i if i find somebody i'm always like i have Joni haunted because i i want her to to hear these people and you know like Joni is the face of irish music in america deservedly Uh, i love when she hears young people they inspire her too like she's probably the most inspiring person that i've worked with ever a remarkable dynamo um, with um, just this heart we literally showed up at her house in clare uh about a year ago and we're like can we film you
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> well you know cherish the ladies has certainly been such a launching pad for so many other yeah uh, amazing musicians which is which is always great so you know the the, the name of the podcast as you know is taste and uh mm-hmm. we always like to talk a little bit of food here and you've certainly yeah. been somebody that has been probably in most major cities around the world right so uh you- countries yeah and counting and counting yeah so uh so where are the where are the places when you need to get your Irish feed on? Where are some yeah. of your favorite places to go? Well, I won't.
1: I I'll be truthful and say that I'm a total Irish food snob, and I will not have it here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so
0: I know. Uh, by the way, I think I'm going to. I think I think to edit it because I think we have some Irish pub sponsors here on the on tape, oh! so we'll have to fix that in post. <laughs> fix that in post. Yeah. Uh, uh, so. I mean, the, the only, the things that I miss, uh, I can usually make them myself. I'm actually dec- my next a, a dec-
1: Huh?
0: That, that's my next question. What's the Michelangelo specialty of, of, uh, of, what you're I'd be
1: good with, me. I'd be good with a roast lamb and, uh, I'd be good with, uh, sh- you know, kind of a pretty solid shepherd's pie. I'm usually go for more exotic, spicy food, but, um, yeah when when my friends are here that come around for for food i'm i'm and they look for irish food that's what i that's my go-to that's what i'm good at there
0: you go there you go so when you're in ireland then what is i i get that i get you have to go across the pond to get i i totally get yeah it. throughout new york throughout kansas city throughout chicago there's no worthy irish food i totally get it now you're landing in yeah. dublin where do you go first well, there's two things that I
1: miss um, about home and I love like if, if if I was being executed tomorrow it'd be drover meat, sausages, beans and chips at home on my mother's table just soaked in salt and vinegar um, absolutely just those drover meat sausages, oh my god they're beautiful, also in Wexford uh, like i'm a i'm an absolute whore for for good chips and wristles Rissoles are uh, uh unique to wexford and they're like they're like a potato cake that are that's deep fried but the potato cake is uh, the potato is spiced very very spiced and you can have it breaded or battered and uh Ooh. oh i swear like after you know, after a feed of pints of Guinness, like, I, I, you know, here, I wouldn't dream of drinking Guinness. I wait till I go home, but I drink my body weight of it when I get home.
0: Well, that's it. That's it too. You know, for those of you that are not, uh, are not following you on Facebook, and by the way, you should, this guy, this guy tempts us all the time. Because as he said, he, he goes home every like, he goes home six or seven times a year. And the first thing he usually posts when he lands is a nice yeah. creamy pint of Guinness, you. and you and you like you taunt and you tease the rest of us. So there's an Ireland with Michael book coming out to go with the TV show, and I actually which, just by the way, I, I tried to get on the website and it was sold out. Go
1: ahead, yeah, which is great. Uh, that's uh, that's great. The first batch uh, sold out. So there's a chapter in it about that sacred moment, which you've written about that moment where you sit and look at that pint, and the world stops. And, oh my God, is there anything like it in the world? Like it's, I don't, I, I kind of feel stupid, you know, going on ad nauseum about it, but there is no feeling like it. It's, it's that welcome home. You know, I walk into Simon Lampert's, my local, Simon puts the pint on as soon as he sees me at the door, I walk up. I usually agree to meet people at like 10 PM. You know, you go out later in Ireland, but I'll show up at 9 30. So I have that half an hour to myself and I read the paper or something, oh my God, it's just the greatest thing in the whole world.
0: So are you willing to go on record and say you will not have a Guinness here in the States? There's like not even a, there's not even a poured pint in the States that you? I'm just not interested. Like it's a unique experience. Uh, No, I I agree, I agree. There
1: was a time where it was awful all over the place here, but it's actually, you can get a decent pint in a a lot of uh, places now who know what they're doing. I don't but, know. Uh, it's I don't not know for me here. When I'm
0: here, I you know I'm a wine drinker. I love wine, and yeah. I don't know if I bought into the whole Guinness thing. Of, uh, maybe I I went into the wonder of it. I'm not sure. But they years ago in the in the can they introduced the widget, and the widget oh, yeah. was allegedly supposed to like you know it's it's it, it's going to put the nitrous gas in or whatever, and it's going to make the the it's going to make the the foam go to the top. I, I don't know yeah. if it was marketing gimmickry or what, but I bought into it because. It, it, the brown ale bottles i thought were complete shite i i couldn't even drink them
1: no the bottles Often. you do not touch a bottle of Guinness. it's all
0: about the can it's all about the can and even the bottles now that have the wedge in the back i don't know if i'm just falling into the marketing gimmickry but the can the can i do think is better and i think yeah. i think i think the um i think the the pulled pints in some of the irish pubs have come a long way like patty riley's where in new york city oh, yeah. all... All Many all, Steve, all Steve Duggan serves is is yeah this is the only thing on tap. So he knows what uh, he's doing, trained professional. That's 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 true indeed. So, um, so tell everybody you've got so much going on. You've got your uh, tour of Ireland that's coming in September, right? Um, uh yeah we we do a load of private tours as well.
1: Uh, you know essentially Ireland with Michael is I had no idea what I was doing when we started it. And now it's turned into something that's very uh, big and it's turning into, uh, you know, we've Tours Ireland and Aer Lingus and CIE Tours sponsored the show now. And uh, it's something that interests me in pursuing now and developing it. And uh, so we've, you know, we've started a, a company that, that organizes private tours you know for for different organizations around the country and uh that's probably where it's going to lead me for the next 10 years I've got a, a sh- one other big show in me that I'm producing uh for Broadway and we're working on that now and uh I, yeah I don't know what else we'll we'll see uh you know I I get distracted easily so
0: I totally hear you I totally hear you speaking of uh, Broadway shows how proud are you of our buddy uh Larry Kerwin with uh Paradise Square coming up is that's going to be amazing.
1: Yeah, I was very lucky to you know to go. Uh, I saw it in its original form down in the cell the and these. We might have there been there
0: as well. We might have met oh, there too. Oh yeah, probably. I was, I was there. Um,
1: Wasn't it brilliant? Amazing. Uh, I also kind of you know was I've I have the script here somewhere and uh, got to meet Garth Brinsky and go to the rehearsals and uh, so it's super exciting. I don't people. I don't think people know yet how great it is. And uh, so particularly people in Wexford, I'm delighted that uh, Larry is uh, getting the kudos he deserves. Uh, he's an inspiration, big hero for me. So
0: um, I'm I'm proud as punch of him. I was there probably the same night you were at uh, the cell when he did Hard Times, which has now become Paradise Square. And, you know, here's this guy's doing his um, big Broadway debut in a couple of weeks. And you think most people would just sit back into a victory lap. And I was back no. in the cell. <laughs> I was back at the cell again, and he was doing this um, this new, more rock musical called All the Rage. And I was thinking to myself, "This guy's back in the lab, just creating, because that's that's
1: what he loves the best. He he, that's he's a creator." Uh, uh, You know, I've talked to him about like three different things that he was going on in his head uh, and inspiration. Hopefully, one of these days I'll actually get to to work with him. We did talk about something once. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. It was near. Well, Early Paradise Square, but ah, oh, uh, th- that was not meant to be.
0: I would. I refuse to believe you have one last Broadway show in you. I think you have many more things ahead of you, and we look forward to uh, to to watching you create as well. So tell people how they can get in touch with you and and how to book tickets for your shows and your yeah uh, and your upcoming tour. Um,
1: it's best thing to, you you know just go to the uh, Ireland with Michael Facebook page and. Uh, you can go to irelandmichael.com or michaellander.com. I've kind of forgot that I'm a singer this year, but uh, there's a massive big tour. There's about thirty dates next spring, uh, and I'll probably go out at Christmas as well. So, but for the rest of the year, it's it's uh, we leave for Ireland next week to start shooting, shooting season three, and uh, that's probably the rest of my year.
0: That's great. That's great. Well, you keep safe. You really thank you for for being such a great ambassador to our culture and for opening. So many other people, up to the beauty of Ireland that you and I love and take for granted. I'm sure it's great to to have you, you know, be the person that's the gateway to the beauty of our culture to so many people. So thanks for doing everything that you're doing, and just thanks for saying yes to this. Where I really appreciated getting uh, a chat on with you that that wasn't on Facebook. I know (laughs) know. we could actually (laughs) talk live, so it's been really see each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's great. Uh, But thank you, Mike. All right, thank you. If you haven't checked out Ireland with Michael, you don't know what you're missing. As you could hear on this podcast, Michael Londra is just an excellent conversationalist. He's so inquisitive. He's easy to talk to. He's the kind of guy that you'd be in a bar with. And by the end of the night, you've told him all your secrets. Maybe I might know something about that from personal experience. Maybe not. And again, Ireland with Michael is just this fantastic journey through Ireland uh, with the best tour guide there is. So I encourage you to check that out. And if you're looking to give the gift of Irish Catholic guilt for St. Patrick's Day this season, please check out my website, This Is Your Brain on Shamrocks.com. Taste has been produced by Barbara Farher of Smiling Voice. I love you, honey, and we'll see you next week.